Welcome to the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society. It is Wednesday night and it is time to get spooky. Tonight we are talking about Golian worms. We're talking about cryptid flying in the sky. We're talking about weird dark watchers that hang out on the coast and watch people literally what they do. And serpents with wings. Weird crazy stuff, guys. It's weird. It's out it's out there, it's, it's in the atmosphere, it's doing weird crazy stuff, and we're gonna talk about it tonight, right now. In the thing. Doing the thing. Alright. What do we got tonight? <laughs> All right. So we've got a lot of good stuff and we're going to be kind of hopping around here because we're talking about the the lesser known cryptids, the ones that don't get all the love and the attention. So um, because of that, there's not as much content on them. So we figured why not just kind of have this mashup with a bunch of different cryptids. So that is what we're doing. Right. These guys, they're out there, they're doing their thing, they exist, but they just don't cause as much of commotion as, like, say, the black-eyed children, or the creepy back rooms, or the cytosyphilis. And if you had listened to our first podcast, you would know veterans of the paranormal and the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society that the cytosyphilis are the dog-headed men. You'd yes. know that if you listen. <laughs> Go back and listen. Go back and listen. It's there. Go to listen. <laughs> okay. So, first things first, let's cover the Mongolian deathworm, shall we? That thing, I saw pictures of the Mongolian deathworm. And let me tell you, have you seen the movie Tremors from back in the 90s? Right. That's exactly what they look. They look like that. But the kissy fish that hang out on the side of the fish tank with the big sucker face. But the, they have uh, like... The That's what yeah, they got It's in there. I just... <laughs> and they flop around sideways in the dirt. But then they can jump up, whip you in the face, and then eat you with their giant mouths filled with teeth. Because they're freaking weird. They're weird so, looking Death worms are weird. I'm going to try to pronounce the the native name for it, which is Olgoi Korkohoi. We're gonna yeah, we're, we're gonna go with that. So um, it literally means intestine worm because it's supposed to be this blood red colored worm that looks like a giant intestine that's like two feet to seven feet long. So not quite as big and creepy scary as the um, the tremors were. However, that being said, um, in the Amazon, there is supposed to be something that is that size. So that's scary in and of itself. And that one has big teeth. But Mongolian worm actually kills its prey by squirting poison at it, which you would think that's kind of nuts, but it's not all that far-fetched because we've got spitting cobras that kind of do the same thing. So they do that, and then if you happen to actually touch this death worm, um, it will electrify or electrocute you. Um, so 
Which is another thing that's not all that far-fetched, because you've got electric eels that do that, too. So, now, where did this... It's like a, a hybrid. It's a hybrid of a worm and a, a parasitic worm that lives in your intestines, but it's got well, teeth. It's like... like poison at you and like that's terrifying right they supposedly swim under the ground um and i say swim loosely because it's the desert so there's sand so but the first sighting was over a thousand years ago and the sightings have continued pretty much all throughout history uh or at least for the last thousand or so years and i mean it goes all the way back to like, well, as recent as, you know, I think 20 or 30 years ago. So there's, they're still being seen and people are still actually trying to capture them on pic, like on camera, but no one has done it yet. All the pictures that you see are just like these artist renditions because it's all we have to go by. But, oh yeah, here we go. So, um, I think 1990 was the most recent account of a Mongolian deathworm. So, that one, it's it seems to be relatively peaceful. I mean, it's like any other creature. It's just a little abnormal in in terms of like the creature world. But it ha- I mean, nature's weird. Nature does weird things and You've got electric eels, you've got spitting cobras, and then you've got this guy that kind of does them both. So, not a whole lot to go on because it's all rumored and conjecture and... Yeah. So, that's the Mongolian death worm. Any questions? (laughs) Yeah, it's tremors. We need to get Kevin there to Mongolia and trap him in the left quad wrangle. Now, I would say that there is a worm and I can't remember the name of it, but it, I know that it is, it lives in the Amazon. It is in South America and it is big. Like it makes the, it creates these tunnels under the ground that literally like if it happens to go under your house, for example, your whole house kind of collapses into the tunnel. So these are big worms, like the tremors worms. So yeah. That's supposedly in the Amazon somewhere. And they, I can't remember the name of it, but it is literally, it literally means like earthworm. It's like a gigantic earthworm that's like 60 feet to 100 feet long. It's a big guy. Oh, oh my God, Becky. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, thank yeah. You. So, like, the people who live down there, like, live in that region, when their house collapses into a sinkhole, they blame it on this worm. So. I blame there, it on the worm. There's some big scary worms out there, and um, I don't, you know, it would be in the Amazon. Like everything weird and crazy is in the Amazon. Or California. Now, 
or California. Now, California, they've got some dark, mysterious cryptids. And these go back, as far as like European accounts, they go back as far as the 1500s. And those, they're not worms, but they are um, humanoid beings that... The dark watchers. Yes. And these folks have been watching the horizon for who knows how long. Because the Native Americans in that region, they call them the old ones. Now, if Native, Native Americans are calling these things the old ones, they're old. <laughs> they're they old. Be they're, they're older than dirt. And they're like... Dirt. I guess they range anywhere from 7 to 15 feet tall. And they're like, okay, so in my mind, I picture them as these hunchback old wizards in black cloaks with large brimmed hats and holding a big staff. And that is actually how they are described when people describe seeing them. That's what they, that's what they say. Yeah, they are, the and they're watching. Yeah, they're just watching the horizon, like in the dusk, in the at dawn. They're just now. These watchers have been really only sighted, as far as we know, uh, or as the as the legend goes, in this one particular mountain range called the Santa Lucia, Lucia Mountain Range uh, in California. It's in Obispo County, or I'm sorry, uh, San Luis Obispo County, and um, it is it's crazy. Like just sit on the mountaintops, and like if you happen to catch a glance of them, you look away and you look back, and they're gone. Like they know when you're watching them. They're watchers. Yeah, the watchers don't like to be watched. Right? Like That's to do like, watching. right? They're voyeurs. They like to do the watching. You don't get to watch them. <clears throat> right. And, like, what I wonder is, what are they looking for? Because they're always on these ridges. They're always looking out over the ocean. Uh, like, people have actually passed by them. Like, they've been out on, like, rock ledges like on the sides of the road where people are driving by and cars will pass by and they'll be like did you see that and then they'll turn around and like try to go back and look and nobody's there they're already gone that's crazy to me right like but i, I do see what you're talking about there because i want to know what are they waiting for because you know you know what lives in the ocean there's some crazy stuff that lives in the ocean. And one Cthulhu. of them... Cthulhu. Okay? That guy's supposed to bring on the apocalypse. And then you got the giant snake that hugs the world that lives under there. And he's also supposed to bring on the apocalypse by battling Thor. So are they right. waiting for those two? Like, are they like, I'm just gonna sit here and wait. I'm gonna make sure... That that giant monstrosity isn't breaking loose and coming up, and that also makes me go, "Dang, California, could you not 
could you not bring on the apocalypse world? Do you right. have to have bad nasties right there on your coast? Like, really? And, now, and I will say much about California, though. <laughs> now, I will say this. They, they are not the only uh, watchers that... So, there is actually a Native American tribe. Um, I believe they are the Hopi. And I don't have this pulled up, so going off memory here, but their origin story says that they came, like their um, great, 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 great grandparents came out of the ground. Now, I this is what their legend says that they come out, they came out of the ground, that they were, uh, that there were two hearts that were like the original underground people dwelling people and then you have the hopi native americans and they climbed the roots to this of this great tree and came to the surface and this is where they've lived now somewhere along the line there they were actually they left like the ground like they left the subterranean layer but they hoped to return there one day and so the chieftains of these tribes would stand on their rooftops uh, at the at sunset and look out at the horizon because supposedly long long time ago they sent somebody back there to basically say is it okay if we come back home and so they're waiting for this messenger to come back and tell them it's okay to come home you can come back below the surface again that's kind so, of sad I know right it's it's an interesting tale though of you know humanity that has its origin stories from underneath the ground which we'll talk about more on Friday but yeah, you know yeah. these these um, chieftains the sorry go ahead I was just going to say, speaking of creepy stuff, I have a story of my own about creepy things. But finish your story about the, the, the chieftains here. So the chieftains basically stand on their rooftops at you know every night waiting for this messenger to come back. So it kind of, with these California watchers, it kind of made me think, I wonder what they're looking at. Like, what are, what are they waiting for? What are they watching for? Because... You know, if if humans aren't the only ones looking at the horizon, waiting for somebody to return, who are these guys waiting to return? Like, what are they looking for? Right. I don't know. Ooh, we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hi. First off, hi, girls. I'm glad to see y'all are back. I missed it. Miss all y'all. Miss y'all so much. Okay. Um. <laughs> I might not be able to say because while I'm sitting here listening to y'all, it is very robotic-y. There is a huge storm outside. Oh, a no. huge storm. Um, yeah. So, and things, the lights are blinking on, the lights are flickering on and off. If you know that reference from SpongeBob, <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> but, 
the lights are flickering and y'all sounded robotic-y for like 10 minutes so I might not be able to stay the whole time and I am so so sorry I'll listen to whatever I missed tomorrow once the storm is gone but if I do leave I want to say I love y'all very much and I'm glad to see that you're back Kalik I'm glad you're feeling better and everything like that yeah. so also Sooth I love you very much okay bye <laughs> Yeah, I was feeling under the weather last week, so I apologize for not being able to do the the podcast last week. That was last week was yeah. rough, so glad it was it's over. Health and safety come first. Family come first. We got to take care of each other, make sure everybody's good before we uh, worry about our podcast, which we love our podcast and we love our listeners. We absolutely do. Yes. But as we all know, mental health, physical health, that comes first. And we got to take care of each other and love each other to that first. So, absolutely. Um, but please continue with your story about. The, the chieftain because that see that makes me think that maybe they are the dark watchers and they're waiting for you know for them to to kind of like migrated over to California and have been waiting to be called back home and that's so sad that makes me feel sad you know right? yeah uh, I'm pulling up there the, the official story now. Give, bear with me just a moment with that. But um, yeah, it's it's a sad story about kind of excommunication and returning back one day, and just the the their origin story. It's really interesting. Um, give me one second to make sure I'm. I don't want to give the wrong information, especially for, you know, a group of people. So I want to make sure I get this right here. Okay. Well, in the meantime, while you're looking that up, I'm going to tell my scary story. Oh, yes. My, yes. Okay. So look here. This is, it's a personal thing. I'm going to tell you my scary story. And this is what happened. But first, let's listen to this comment real quick. Okay. I I know I said that it's storming and you did sound a little robotic-y with what you just said but what it sounded like to me was that you apologized for feeling sick I am not going to sit <laughs> my tail here and listen to you robotically apologize for you being sick and not being able to do a podcast we will not do Sue, tell her no, we're not doing this. No, that's we not allowed. That. I refuse. We don't. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, now that you know me, and now that Sita told you about me, yeah, you have to deal with that. I refuse to allow you to sit here and apologize for that. I am glad you feel better. Also, go ahead and continue being roboticy. I might dip. <laughs> it's true. So, Tina will not allow you allow you to apologize for taking care of yourself especially apologize for something that's out of your control like being sick so love her fair enough well i hope i'm not i hope it's not my new mic that's causing the robotic issue so i'm you have, you have been going in and out you have been uh, oh, have, have I? Been going yeah you have been going in and out for a minute but i i don't know it seems to be getting better so hmm okay 
have to be aware of that. All right, continue your story. I'm still looking up the origin story. Yeah, okay, so scary story time. Um, last week, I was with a group of my friends and um, we were talking to one another. It's probably about one, two o'clock in the morning. And um, my friend had, she was walking up and down her driveway and they have this open air carport. And um, in the open air carport, you could, there was like, they have like these lights that come down, you know, over the carport so that she could see. And uh, that's pretty much it because they live in podunk nowhere, okay? In the middle of nowhere. So it's just like woods and fields and farmland and uh, that's about it. You have to drive at least like a half hour to get to the nearest like grocery store. So um, she's talking and she's walking up and down her driveway and right behind her see she we're on like video call okay so there's it's a three-way video chat and right behind her is this grotesque looking dude probably about eight feet tall broad shoulders no eyes yeah and he's like right behind her i mean standing right up behind her like it no. was crazy. Yeah. No, no, and no. yeah, no, you don't understand. Like I immediately teared up. My whole body got covered in chills. I felt like I was going to hyperventilate because the what he was emanating, like what he was putting out was just like terror. You know what I mean? Jeez. Like it was unadulterated, unfiltered, pure terror. And it looked like his jaw was, like, unhinged. And what was coming out from his mouth that was hanging open looked like, to me, it looked like black, gooey, like, sludge that was just kind of, like, falling from his mouth. It was the, it was, yeah, it was really weird. I had never really seen that before. And it was, like, all happened, like, really quick because... When I saw him, she saw saw him in her, like, in the camera. You know what I mean? So, like, she could see him in the camera standing behind her. So, she screamed. I yelled. And she turned to look to see him. And our third friend, who was in the conversation, was standing on the porch, maybe about five seven feet away from her so she jumped off the porch to come to where her our friend was standing in the driveway screaming right so when she pans back around in that moment we see him a second time but this time he's not standing directly behind her like he was gonna like grab her like he was the first time he's standing a few feet behind her and to her left my right okay and he was yeah and at this point he was kind of like his shoulders looked like they were kind of hunched you know how you take a deep breath and your shoulders kind of hunch forward a little bit sure that's that's what his shoulders did and 
my friend, God bless her. She's she's like she's terrified at this point. She goes to run up on the porch while my other friend goes to run at the thing because she's got like this big hunting knife that she she keeps on her at all times. And jeez, <laughs> yeah. So she just kind of like chases it and the whole time have you ever seen like the Blair Witch Project and how it's like you can see them running because they're holding the camera so you're seeing it from the camera running yeah that's that was our view of my friend that chased the thing down like you can you're seeing her in the darkness pumping her arms, running, holding her phone, so you're, like, getting flashes of her face, and her holding this knife, running into the darkness, yeah, into the darkness, screaming at this thing, and you hear, like, the chain link fence, and then she just kind of stops, you know, and it's all dark and black back there, and, uh, me and me and my other friend who is now on the porch are just like, oh my god, what was that thing? I don't know what the fuck that was. You know, I mean we're like, excuse my language, but we're like screaming, you know. And our friend comes back, she's got like maybe an acre and a half of land back there. So she comes back and all you hear as she's coming back, because we're just like trying to catch our breath from like just being like jump scared by this thing. And you can right. hear it growling. It sounded like like have you have you ever heard the a bear like like gruff and and Oh yeah and kind of growl? That's what it sounded like behind her. Good lord. That's terrifying. Yeah, it, it was the whole thing was terrifying. The whole interaction was terrifying, but it, it only lasted like seeing him only lasted maybe about not even a full minute. But the whole interaction was maybe about three minutes, and it was terrifying. Man. And that's like that's the first time I've seen something that terrifying and that. Like I, it was so terrifying, and and the feeling that it was putting off of pure terror was so terror. I wanted to throw up. That's how bad it was. And oh my gosh, yeah. And I was just like, that's the first time I've seen something like that in years. I've seen things. I've had run-ins with apparitions, but normally it's just like you know, human ghosties on repeat. You know, right. But, that was not, I'm going to come out and say it now, that was not human. There's no way that was human. It was the, I just feel like it was like some kind of fear embodied or something, but it was insane. Man. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how I would react to that. That's that's just terrifying. It I, was pretty bad. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I know, right? I have no idea. No idea how that happened or why it happened, just it was there. Oh, okay. We've got we've got questions. Go, <laughs> Go yes. ahead. All right. 
No, no, uh, Suth is right. You are going in and out every once in a while. But no, it's strictly because of my internet acting up because of this big old storm. And with the power going in and out and the lights are flickering and everything like that, the power is going in and out, which is causing the modem to like spaz out. So I don't know if they want me to be connected to the Wi-Fi or just on my regular date um, service. So it's, it's mainly because of that. But, you know. Fair enough. All right. Let's see here. I think the reason there's so many people on stereo is because they really are kind of bored. They have nothing else to do. But you know, I'm not telling you. I'm just no. Sure, I give you my show. What? Well. All right. Oh. Alrighty then. Oh, hey. <laughs> Never mind. Well, that was a. Uh... Alrighty, moving on. Not sure what that was. <laughs> Me neither. All right, but we're gonna well, move on. That uh, Hopi, uh, that Hopi story about the where they came from, their origin story. So I am actually going to keep researching that and save that for Friday's episode when we talk about the inner Earth conspiracies. So, because that kind of ties into the So, we'll save that for Friday, because I can't seem to find that information at the moment. But I'll have it. Yes, Friday for the paranormal umbrella. So, okay, so... As far as cryptids go, um, the next one on our list are the flying serpents. Now, yes, flying serpents. Now, these serpents are, they talk about them as if they are like real, like real, real. And when I say they, I mean like in the region of Arabia. Now, this is around the Arabian Sea, and there are obviously, it's the desert, there's a lot of trees and everything, but um, like there, out there, there are, there's a lot of, so, but this, people seem to know about these serpents, like, how they're my migrate my their migratory um times like how long they live how big they get like they've re- people have researched these serpents now these serpents the small ones are 9 feet long okay so that that's pretty big already but they get up to 25 feet long now that's comparable to like um, an anaconda. Friend. They are, people claim that these things are as long and as big around as a telephone pole. Now that's big, even for like just snake references. But the fact that these things have a 30 foot wingspan and fly, that just makes it all the more crazy. Like these things are migratory creatures. They, they they live in the Arabian desert and they actually supposedly flew to Egypt where they would breed or migrate or like for the season or whatever. 
So these are like actual creatures. I don't know how. I've never heard them heard of them up until today. It kind of blew my mind. Like this, these things might be my favorite thing that I've researched today, because like they even t- like back in Herodot- uh, Herodotus's day, which would have been um, early BC, like fourth century BC. Like he talked about these things and how the people would consider these things pests because they would um, guard the the incense, like the trees that they would get frankincense and myrrh from. They would guard these trees and wouldn't let the people harvest the frankincense and myrrh. Now, yeah, 30 foot wingspans with wings like a bat. That's big. But not only that, they are described as having bioluminescence on the crown of their head and they're supposed they supposedly let out these great roaring noises like wind blowing through a pipe. So it's kind of crazy. Like they can camouflage like a chameleon. They grow 25 feet long. They have wings. They have bioluminescence. I want to see these things. This is, these are cool. Like, I would love to see one of these. Now, people actually have talked about these up until recently. Oh, oh yeah. And another description is that they have green eyes and they smell like tar, which kind of. Kind of but yeah um but these things while history talks about them as being from uh namibia and um arabia and like that area these things have been seen all over the world including the u.s like even as recent as 2001 uh there's reports them. Like they've been seen in the 1850s. British biologists have talked about them. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. Like, why do we not see these winged serpents flying around? I don't know. I, man, it is mind boggling, but dragons. Right? They're dragons. Dragons. Like, okay, this is an eyewitness report from 1897 uh, in Detroit, okay? Now, I'm, I'm here in Michigan, but Detroit, of all places? Now, this is, how, this is how it was described. Going down Grand River about four in the morning, the policeman, uh, the policeman I was with, and I saw an object that looked to be about three feet in diameter. So three feet around. That's a big snake. Uh, it was about a thousand feet in the air, and it was heading east. It was a silvery color and had a tail about three blocks long. It traveled like those big sea serpents you read about skimming over the top of water. It made a low hissing noise that we could just hear. Now, this is a thousand feet up and you can hear it. 
Um, this person said, my dad, who was leaving our home for work, also saw it as it seemed to pass right over our house on river, on rivered between Leland and Alexandrin. I don't know where those areas are, but I mean, this is a big snake flying over Detroit. Detroit. It, Detroit. Yeah. Now, here's a report from 2001 um, about a serpentine dragon. Now, this was in Strange Magazine. A British biologist and a few colleagues were conducting some research in the area after being notified by a local of something strange that was witnessed a month earlier. As they stood at the edge of some woods by a quarry, they suddenly looked upon an extraordinary entity. Measuring three feet or so in length, it resembled a serpentine dragon with four short limbs, but its head was shaped very like... Uh, that of a seahorse, and it was airborne, undulating and wriggling as if as it flew above about ten feet above the surface of the quarry in a wide circle. They were unable to recall seeing any wings, but it had a long tail that ended in a pair of horizontal whale-like flukes. The entity was green in color and shimmered somewhat, but appeared solid, not translucent or ethereal. They watched it for three or four minutes at a distance of approximately 50 feet before it finally vanished into one of the numerous caves and large crevices pitting the quarry. Like, these things are around. Like, I don't know. I want to see one. I want to see a dragon. I would love to see a serpentine dragon because they're seen all over the U.S. They're clearly seen in Northern Africa. Like, these things are around, and they've been around since, what, uh, Herodotus' day of 4th century B.C.? Like, that's insane. Now, that last depiction, or that last explanation of these serpents didn't indicate that there were any wings, which almost makes me feel like it was one of the atmospheric beasts, which is another one on our list. And those are really cool because those don't seem to need anything to stay airborne. It's almost like they use barometric pressure to keep them airborne in the sky. And the atmospheric beasts are basically like jellyfish. They're sky serpents. They are, they've even been described as like giant whale-like creatures that are like two to three kilometers long. We're talking big. Yeah, they're semi-solid. They're partially invisible. And... I guess when they die, they turn into this gelatinous goo that falls to the earth and evaporates, you know, as soon as, or as quickly as a few minutes to a couple of days, and then they're gone. So actually finding, you know, like a sample of this to test is really difficult. And but wait, and they're sky jellyfish. Jellyfish, yes. Like, full-blown jellyfish. 
So what and you're telling me is that we're sandwiched between oceans. Right? Which begs well, the question. Crazy. Now, let me ask you this. If you lived in the middle of a planet, would you know it? Probably not. I mean, think about it. If you live in the middle of a planet, how would you know? You would think, oh, I'm going to... I would look up, I'd see the sky, but instead of the sky, I'd see land, right? I would see some form of something on the other side. But what if the other side is ocean? It's blue. Would it would it just be sky? Like don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. What about what about sparkling things? Are those are those glimmering objects on the surface of an ocean? Nah, see, now you're baking my noodle again, and I don't like it. I don't like it when you do this. (laughs) No, man, because now that's making me all sorts of weird. That makes me feel weird. Don't do that to me. I don't want to be sandwiched between oceans. (laughs) Actually, maybe possibly living in, actually in the earth and not on the earth. I can't do that. Uh I can't do that. It's messing me up. That's messing me up. I don't know if I'm ready for that one. There are theories that we are simply one layer of multiple layers inside the Earth. What? So, yeah. Now, say way out, instead of it being space, it is ocean. And say there's giant living organisms that live way, way up there. Like... They're using barometric pressure. When they when they come down closer to land, they happen to be very small. Like these things have been known to be the size of a dime. Like small, tiny. Something that could be almost mistaken as you know, a spider floating in the air. You know, like it could be. But they move like a jellyfish. They swim kind of that floaty bloop, 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 bloop. Kind of, you know, the jellyfish oh, do yeah. when they're traveling. Oh, no, no, no. So, like, they could be, like, tiny little speck jellyfish that are, like, floating around near me right now, is what you're saying? Or that they're just, like, really, really, really high up there? Well, one person seems to think that... They saw one like a couple feet out of their reach that they tried to jump up and grab it, but they, it was just out of outside of their reach. It was outside in their backyard, and when they tried to jump for it, it actively bloop, 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 up and away. And the higher it got, the larger it got, almost as if when the barometric pressure changes and they start changing in altitude, it's almost like their body starts expanding and becoming larger to be more lofty, like to catch that pressure and like ride waves, almost like thermal waves and stuff like that to like gain altitude. That's insanity. Right. And so like, 
I was about to say, because you know how you get those like weird stinging pains somewhere? Like sometimes you'll get it in like your boob or something. And you're like, this is it. This is how I die. Uh huh. Like it's tiny little just stinging jellyfish. Just, you know, that just happened to like not catch the, the wave up into the atmosphere. And, and now right. it's just like taking its tiny wrath out on me. Like, no. No, see, Mm-mm. now you're screwing me all up. I can't handle this right now. No. Now, here's what's crazy. You would think with so many airplanes being in the sky, why haven't people reported them? It's a valid question, right? Yeah. Except for the fact that um, there have actually been airplane crashes um, where people have talked about, or like survivors have talked about how the airplane hit something that was gelatinous as if it was a wall of water and the airplane crashed and the people ended up having burns that were not explainable from the crash almost like burns of fish so these what? things yeah like this is a thing these are things like floating that's, in our atmosphere that have little stinging tentacles and like get bigger the higher they go or smaller the lower they go. It it's crazy. Like you think you know something about the world you're on, and then you get confronted with stuff like this, and it throws your whole world topsy turvy. Like it, it's nuts. And, like, the fact that they don't have any bones, they don't have any real shape, they they basically float around on airwaves and air currents, and just kind of, I'm assuming, there, there's been theories of, like, how they eat and, like, what they eat way up in the air like that, and... Some people have theorized that they are actually eating bacteria and like microorganisms that are found up in our you know atmosphere, and that those microorganisms are actually feeding off of sunlight. So it's almost like the equivalent of plankton, like giant whales eating plankton uh, to stay alive but just up in our atmosphere, tens of thousands of feet above sea level. Man, don't tell that to, to people who believe in climate change. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. and like, I'm just making a joke. But I mean, think about it. <laughs> giant jellyfish, you know, living their happy little blob lives in the atmosphere, eating all of the bioluminescent algae (laughs) it's crazy that that is nuts it is nuts because they're just like happily up there you know chomping down on the pollution and stuff and then down here us little peon ants humans are just kind of like do you ever think that we might what we look like to them up there like do we just look like a bunch of ants just running around like chickens with our feet cut off? And that's a reference, guys. If you get that reference, I'll <laughs> love you. But if we're just like, we 
can't run around like footless chickens. You know, I mean, is that what we're doing? Are we running around like footless chickens down here? And they're just kind of like confused. Like, what are they doing? I, aren't they supposed to be intelligent life forms? I don't understand, Bob. I don't get it either. At all. <laughs> well, some people actually think that they're not from here. That they are actually uh, extraterrestrial creatures, not intelligent aliens per se, but extraterrestrial animals that had that just basically drift from planet to planet, and you know they'll find a planet to kind of float in the atmosphere. They collect the the food, the sunlight, whatever it is they're eating. Uh, they clean up the environment of the atmosphere that they're in, you know, eating all the toxic garbage, and then they move on. You know, they might be interplanetary, you know, like, where did they come from? Are they part of our own ecosystem that we've just never knew were there? Dude, that makes it even better. Extraterrestrial jellyfish. Extraterrestrial space jellyfish. That are just, they're just, they're just universal garbage collectors and they just right? have like a pit stop at like, our planet <laughs> for a snick snack you know don't so, mind us we're just uh, cleaning up your place cause uh, y'all are slobs <laughs> right <laughs> you can't lay down we're not really taking, uh, taking care of your planet so uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take care of that for you we're gonna clean things up you know Get your atmosphere oh squeaky clean. Right. This is a, it's another, it's another, this is another t-shirt design for me. Like <laughs> hashtag, hashtag extraterrestrial garbage disposal. And then giant, you know, like giant, giant freaking space jellyfish. jellyfish. <laughs> oh, I love these They're cute. <laughs> Yeah, y'all, that's pretty cool. So from now on, when I go outside, I'm going to throw my hands up and say, appreciate it. You know, because they have me yes. in fresher air. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Maybe they need to drop <laughs> down and get rid of this COVID. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yes. That'd be nice. Exactly. No, it makes perfect sense. Now I really love these jellyfish, these extraterrestrial jellyfish. They make me happy now. Like I, I, I would love to see them. them. Believe or believe it or not, like people see these things, like people have hit them with cars, like where they've been flying really low, and they looked like this giant kind of semi-transparent donut floating through the air and then they just like whack it with their car on accident and it just like hits them like a wall of water so these things no. are yeah Not yeah the like the, they they apparently are they float like low towards the ground sometimes they get they're small they're big I mean, these things are like a whole different set of creatures that we know like nothing about. And you can actually go online and just type in like sky jellyfish and you'll see them. You'll see pictures and they, they look like giant clouds 
in the shape of jellyfish floating in the sky. Like, sky jellies. They're sky jellies. They're and environment friendly sky jellies that are just trying to let us live in peace, okay? I mean, I want to, now I want a sky jelly. Like, I'm kind of in love sky jellies at first i was creeped out but now the more that i know about the sky jellies i'm i kind of i'm kind of in love with them right and like people talk about not only these sky jellyfish but like i said there's there's also like whale type versions where they're really big like several miles long kind of thing and they like literally fly through the sky like scooping up clouds and eating clouds like krill it's flying stingrays i mean these things there's so many things in our sky we just got to look up we need to stop looking at our phones all the time and like look up to the sky because weird stuff is going on up there Pete, that goes right back to what we're going to talk about on Friday with the inner earth theory mm-hmm. and about the, see that one just I'm re- I'm actually more excited now about our discussion on the paranormal umbrella on the, the inner earth yeah. theory because now you're convincing me now I'm feeling like we live in the inner earth now we're in the inner earth we're sandwiched between two types of oceans and we've got sky jellies and we just got like these hippie whales that are up there just feeding off of clouds and stuff. Like now I'm intrigued. Right. Now I want to know more. Now, what I, if I, I I'm gonna make noodle a little bit more now? Okay. Oh God. <laughs> All right. So, what if? Now I'm not saying we're a flat Earth because I don't believe in that whole flat Earth theory thing, but. From a biblical standpoint, you've got the firmament, and you've got um, sky glass, which has been found in certain deserts across the globe. But basically, you've got this layer of glass, right? And this dome, if, if you will. Now, what if on the other side of this dome, you've got an ocean? Now you think, okay, well, maybe that dome is protecting us from the ocean, you know, collapsing and drowning us all. Just, you know. But then you got to think, well, wait a minute. Didn't that happen once before? Think about it. The Great Flood. No! The Great Flood. Girl, you just. Now. Not me. Okay, hold up. No, no. You can't just say that. You can't just say that. We're not going to pretend like you just didn't say what you just said. Hold on. No. We're going to we're gonna reverse that. We're going to back that up. Hold on. Now. Wait a second. Wait a Hear second. Okay. That when, you look at this, when you look up in the sky and you see the Milky Way, what does it look like to you? A giant Girl. crack. So it you, looks so like we're, a giant crack in the sky. Now, sure, absolutely. It could be 100% the Milky Way and like could just be our galaxy or the spiral galaxy in space and we're revolving around it and science is normal. Or right, science for science. Right. 
Or we could be looking at a giant crack where a big flood happened a long time ago where something in the glass broke, something went wrong, and a whole bunch of water splashed in and drowned 99.9% of our planet. And enter Sky Jelly. Enter Sky Jelly. <laughs> exactly. Enter Sky Jelly and giant wells eating clouds. This is crazy. Why you got to do this to me? Now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because I'm going to be looking up all of this stuff and connecting. You connect dots and bridge theories that I would just look at and go, mm, makes sense, and walk away from. And now, now my brain can feels like a scrambled egg because I don't like it. I don't. Why do you do this to me? I like it, but I don't like it at the same time. It's too much. It's too much. Stop baking my noodle. I don't need it. I don't need it. I need no, it, see, but I don't need. It. Here's the thing. Sure, that that whole scenario is a flat Earth scenario. But what if it's not necessarily a flat Earth that we're on? But what if we're just inside one of the layers of the Earth? So we're technically on the outside of one layer, but above us is still another layer. So See, that also makes sense because if we're going to go with that, then you can also explain that would be a simple explanation for, you know, the uh, layering of different universes. Right. And, and different so, I mean, that would make, that would get a simple explanation for those existing. Right. And you can look this up online, but there have actually been people who have recorded, um, like, videos of cities and towers and structures that don't exist on Earth. Oh, the They're floating shown cities. In the sky. Yes. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen the floating cities and how people were saying they were mirages and stuff like that. And it was like an optical illusion that had to deal with like the different pressures and the heat wave and all of that stuff that projected it and all that science stuff. But right. to me, I felt like it didn't make sense because sometimes, you know, a mirage is something that's reflected, you know, like we think about oases and stuff like that. But it didn't make sense to me because that entire city that all of these people were seeing. Right. Was, was, Pay no attention to the floating in the sky. It's swamp gas. <laughs> it's swamp gas, guys. We're all hallucinating at the same time. And it just so happened it was film but let's not pay attention to the fact that these this city that is being projected right now also has glass buildings that are not anywhere on earth you know i mean we've got glass structures don't get me wrong i'm not saying that that isn't a possibility one of these but we don't have tall of, of glass <laughs> Right. Well, exactly. One of the tallest bu buildings on Earth is in Japan, and it's it's glass. There's a glass paneling and everything in there, and it's got this ball that's on the inside of the building that helps keep it, you know, steady and all that stuff. It's, it's a whole thing. I'm not going to go into it anyway. But those the structure is almost futuristic in this mirage, as right. we we'll put it. So, I mean. It just makes sense. To me, I think it makes sense. It's a leap for some people, but I mean, if you use your big brain and, you know, 
you know, you think you can make these connections and it doesn't seem that far of a leap. But right. I, here we are digressing and we're, we're looking at giant floating cities instead of talking <laughs> about the, the sky jellies, which are the cryptids that we were originally talking about. We do have a question. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Y'all really made me think because, you know, sometimes I look at my windshield and I'm like, what is that? Yes. <laughs> Who knows? But from now on, I'll give it a proper Keep your smile. eyes in the sky. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Word. I'm follow y'all so I can keep up with y'all so I can find out what's going on in the atmosphere. Oh, thank you so much. Scotty and Khalid. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for the follow. That's awesome. We're on Wednesday nights. We do the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society. And every other Friday, we do the Paranormal Umbrella, which basically we do like ghosties and history mysteries and all of the things in between. So definitely tune in for those. It's eight my time, nine Eastern Standard Time. So yeah, we talk about all sorts of the craziness that's out there. And tonight we did a mashup of the lesser-known cryptids, like the Dark Watchers of California, um, the Sky Jellies, which we have been on for the last, like, 20 minutes, because they're just mind-boggling. <laughs> and the Sky Serpents, which is what led us to the Sky Jellies. They're basically like dragons. And um, before that, oh, we didn't even get into the whole stick man that were out there, we're probably going to have to put them into the paranormal umbrella. Not this Friday, but the next Friday that we do it. So Agreed. And we didn't even get to the bloop, which is the giant creature in the oceans. We didn't get to uh, the ninja, which is a giant 60 to 90 foot humanoid life form that lives in the icy waters of the Antarctic. Which... That's crazy. That is so. crazy, which I think is also a part of the whole bloop thing. If you look on YouTube, um, I believe they still have the video up um, hinting on touching on the bloop thing. They thought it was whales communicating with each other, and it turned right. out that it was it was not whales. It was its own audio, and it was coming from a depth that was impossible for whales to reach. And it had a sequence that it did at certain times of the day. And they can't figure out what kind of creature it is. At first, they thought it might have been mechanical or a device that was making the sound. But it was determined that it was a creature, a very, very large creature. And it's um, it's on YouTube. It is crazy. It's very crazy. And the reason why they call it the bloop is because of the way that this sound first starts it starts as a boop like a boop sound and then it'll carry out into a sequence and the military several different military branches and several different militaries from across the globe have come in contact with this sound um Mm -hmm. most of them have been submarines 
but they have recorded it each time. And um, just look up the bloop and look up the bloop noise or the bloop sound. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. You'll have to shift through a lot of videos, of course. But um, it's really interesting to, to listen to because you've got the bloop, which is underwater, and then above ground on several different continents, you have the sound that blasted that was like a trumpet. Play. Right. And those are heard all over the world. Um, I've just recently I was watching some videos uh, where people were recording the sound from like their apartment complex and they were literally out on their patio standing there holding up their phone and you could just hear these like trumpets or horns in the sky just you know making these and it makes me wonder are these are those the giant you know whale the sky whales are those is that what those noises are oh my god the sky whales sky whales you know it could be the sky whales. I don't know at this point. Now, you've baked my noodles so much at this point that I don't know. I used to know. Now I don't know. Now I'm questioning everything. Because now, now I'm questioning the whole, are there little jellyfish that didn't catch the wave high enough and get out to the bariatric, you know, uh, atmosphere. And now they're super tiny and I'm getting stung by them. And I'm thinking, I'm like... You know, this is it. This is how I die. Or is it, you know, <laughs> normal death rattles well, that I'm experiencing in my old age? I'm not sure. It's <laughs> well, see, think about it. Because if you've got, say, like the this whale-like creature floating through the sky, collecting the, I don't know, the bacteria or krill or whatever it is floating through. Oh, and another thing to think about is when uh, water evaporates in the oceans, it can pull up a lot of seawater, like stuff in the, in the oceans, like plankton and living creatures, like fish even. Like Marco Polo talked about, like in the wanderings of Marco Polo, it actually talks about how fish rain down from the sky. So again, the ocean up there, or I mean, is there an ocean up there, or did when the water evaporated, did it just pull up a bunch of fish eggs that hatched, grew, lived in the clouds, and then fell back down to earth? I mean, I don't know about you, but I can see a giant whale scooping up those things out of the clouds. Just saying, anything so, possible, this right? Like anything is possible. This world is a crazy place, and nature is whacked out. Like, there, nature is, does some really trippy stuff. I mean, snakes with wings. I mean, jellyfish in the sky. Like, the I, I don't. You know, what I don't discredit anything because you never know. A what now? You never a cockatrice, a cockatrice, which first got. Uh, it's mentioned back in uh, like the 1100s. Okay, um, is a chicken dragon. Oh. <laughs> it's exactly it's exactly what it is. It's half chicken, half dragon, and it's called the cockatrice. And it's actually mentioned in the Bible. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's mentioned in the Bible. Oh. It is a cockatrice. It's got the Who head knew? of a 
dragon and the body of a dragon. Insane. Well, the, insane. And then you've also got the feline version of the dragon, which um, I guess is a guardian of the copper in um, Lake Superior, one of our Great Lakes, that has the head of a feline, like a panther, but the body of a dragon. So, I don't know. We were talking about... No, no, I'm seeing that. If we're going to if we're going to the Great Lakes in Michigan, I am bound and determined to see that dragon. All right, I'm gonna do it. I'm. I want. I'm. We're gonna do it. It's gonna happen. Okay. It looks like we have run over our time. It is nine thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Got carried away with sky jellyfish. Sky jellies. I'm totally making that a T-shirt as soon as our merch drops. You guys are gonna have to look for it because big things are happening for PCPS. Keep a lookout yes. for us. We will also soon be coming to some major music and podcast people, groups, places, things. You'll see it. You'll hear it. Look out for us because we're going to be going there. And we will also be having our website come up soon where you'll be able to get our merch as well. So thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Yes, I hope thank you. you. Enjoy- Fun. And uh, like I said, we're here every Wednesday night and every other Friday night we do the paranormal umbrella with the ghosties and the history mysteries and anything and everything in between, especially if you're into the spoops, man, because we're all about the spoops. And if you're not following yes. us on Instagram, please do so because we have a link there here on stereo where you can find us on Instagram too. So thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the follows. And we hope to see you next Wednesday. You guys have a good night.